and make a we should make a game of it i'd like to do this let's make a game of never referencing a white abstract expressionist painter Mm. i don't want to hear anything about pollock Mm. i don't want to hear anything about we're like who (laughs) who the fuck is that the views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists and by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials Uh, it's for you it's for you episode 10 of blue cheese i'm ebony l haynes (laughs) (laughs) and i'm very pleased to welcome go ahead hi um my name is lakila brown and i'm really happy to be here thank you for having me thank you for joining lakila um and you have agreed to be a part of episode 10 of blue cheese um for any new listeners um in the room blue cheese is a podcast created by me where I get to speak to people I admire who are also most often music fans. I know that sounds like a broad scope or broad stroke, but I mean, there are people that I really want to talk to also. Um, So to start off the podcast, I like to give my guests a prompt of what is the song that you are currently listening to regularly and or is one of your regular go-to songs and you know nobody has ceased to surprise me with their (laughs) answers I don't I'm never expecting the song that the person selects Mm. Uh, it's never a of course you know after I talk to them then it's yeah it's clear I mean, I I think actually my answer was a surprise to me because like, I, you know, out of all of the like weird things I listen to, I mean, I listen to I I listen to everything. I'm willing to listen to anything. So it's funny that something so like mainstream and like I don't know. Yeah. No, it's great. I think <coughs> I think that's the true answer to the question because yeah. you pick a song that, you know, we love pop songs. Of course, there are go to yes. songs. So. For everyone listening, uh, Lakila's song of choice is No Guidance by Chris Brown featuring the one and only Drake. I was going to say Drake featuring Chris Brown. but Well, actually I thought it was a Drake song, actually. That's why I was into it. I was like, oh, Drake. You know, that was the reason I was like into it. Like one of the reasons I love you. Yeah. Yes. We'll talk about Drake in a second, guys. Here is a clip. I feel like, uh, what's his name? Casey Kasem. Do you remember? Yes, him? of course. Here is a clip. No guidance. Hey. Trips that you plan for the next whole week. Bands too long for a nigga so cheap. And your flex so deep. Your sex so deep. You got it, girl. You got it. Hey. You got it, girl. You got it. Yeah. Pretty little thing. You got a bag and now you violent. I mean, maybe it feels like a Drake song because he leads it in, right? Yeah. It's like he's the party track. Yeah, I feel like he also actually really, yeah, leads the whole song. Because the, you know, even the second movement of this song. So it has kind of like two movements. And, you know, 
like I was saying before, I actually thought they were different, two different songs. Like I had heard this part of the song and then I had heard the second part of the song and I actually thought that they were different songs. Here comes Chris Brown. Yes. You know, I was surprised when I listened to the song for like the 12. One of the fun things for me too with this format is I end up listening to some kind of pop track a dozen times in a row and just gauging what it conjures up in. The weirdest thing that came up for me with this song was the fact that Chris Brown sounds like he's using autotune, mm. but he actually has a, a talented, I thought, singing voice. Yeah, and that maybe autotune is actually used for more of this pop vibe, right? So that mm -hmm. it's not too vibrato or something. I don't know. Well, he can sing and he can like do falsetto and like really control his voice in the high register, I guess. Um, <clears throat> like he's not that young anymore. When he first came out, he was like quite young, but he can still get up there, you know, even though he's like, you know, in, I think he's in his 30s now, right? Maybe. I don't know, but... Mm. You saying that prompted this thought, you know, you're saying he's not that young anymore, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure mm -hmm. because he started out so young. I think we forget he wasn't even quite 18 when he got his first record deal. Mm -hmm. And for any huge Chris Brown aficionados, maybe my timing is off. Maybe he started when he was 15. I don't know. Mm. I don't know about until he was 18. Mm -hmm. But it made me play this song, which is another huge banger All right. i also want to say about this episode lakila it's make it makes me bounce you mm -hmm. know like I, i've been listening to these songs that mm -hmm. remind me of no guidance mm -hmm. my uber ride over here was fantastic mm. partly because i played this song yeah. Yo, this is Nappy Boy Radio yes. This is a Would hit, right? It is, T-Pain. And when the beat Listen. drops, Oof. it's crazy. Uh, Here it yes. comes. One. Caller, what's your problem? I mean, this caller thing is really interesting, but it's fitting for this yeah. purposes of this show. And like old school like skits that had used to happen. And it's in the video, music video, yeah. too. Chris Brown, T-Pain. Here it comes. Just turned 18, right? Just turned 18. He was getting down in that video, too. He, he was, was, like, dancing. Down. And another weird side note. He says he has a bandana hanging, right? He's mm. a bandit. Is he a blood poser? Or is he... I, I don't want to... I don't want to... <laughs> yeah. oh, he was like, oh, let's change the subject. I but, I mean, he was draped in red bandana mm. clothing mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, in the No Guidance video mm. with his gang mm. against the other... And Look at you being a visually literate <laughs> person and like taking cues and like knowing, knowing how to read things. But yeah, I mean, maybe he does have some affiliation. 
I mean, I feel like, you know, that's like a common thing, even if you aren't actively in a gang sometimes. Like, it's like, sure. You live in a blood hood, so that's by true. default, you are a blood, and then it becomes a part of your identity somehow or something. That's I true. Know. I feel, though, like, you can't, you can't fake it mm. so publicly. You'd probably yeah. be targeted. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd like to talk more about faking it with Chris Brown, mm-hmm. but first let's talk talk about Drake. Yes, because yes, our our love. We're both smiling. Yes, we are. We're like, yeah, let's talk about Drake. Drake. <laughs> He's your homie. He's like my half homie. Like you know, I'm from Detroit, which you know people don't talk about as a border town, um, but you know Detroit is just across the river, the Detroit River from Windsor, Ontario. So Windsor is you know harry and all of them that like their last name is windsor they are the windsors um mm-hmm. but you know um yeah people don't talk about detroit as a border town i guess because we're not afraid of ca- canadians canadias canadias um and but, y'all used to love coming over with that 19 year old id where oh you yeah drink all legally. the time all the time i mean my whole life even when i was a little kid because i'm actually not somebody who went out like i kind of flopped on that part of like rebelling as a teenager or something but like I you know we just you naturally go across because you can go to Windsor you can go to Canada the same way you go from Brooklyn to Manhattan I mean you have to go through customs but back in the day before you know pre 9-11 it wasn't you know most of the time you just get waved through and waved through on the way back it wasn't like a thing yep as much and people work in Detroit and go back home to Canada and vice versa. So I remember that time. So, but yeah, so I, you know, I always, you know, I have lots of love. You're Canadian by affiliation, by, by geography, but you know, Drake, um, I was having a conversation with someone this morning about Kanye and Mm -hmm. I swear there's a connection here. It made me think about Drake a bit because Kanye, we were talking about our love for Kanye and how sad we are that mm-hmm. he's done things mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Yeah, they're heartbreaking <laughs> for real fans, you know, mm-hmm. because I really truly feel he's a major creative force of my generation. So yes. when he sh- says shit like slavery was a choice and bullshit like that, I mean, it hits it hits my heart. Mm-hmm. But people I'm I'm relating him to Drake because they're both figures in my opinion. This is such a fangirl nerdy moment. Mm. I can explain I how love it. how much <laughs> I think they're geniuses. Mm-hmm. But they both have had to absorb haters. Mm. But the hater aid comes on both of them because I think they're equally creative geniuses. They've equally they've both created empires mm-hmm. around things that have been new in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And continue to forge ahead with this newness and reinvention mm-hmm. and collaboration. One thing they both have in common, which I really love, is the ability to hire a skilled team mm. and to not need to be the face of everything, to know that your sound man is the one who does all of your star production, mm. to know that that guy helped ghostwrite something, but then inspired you to continue the verse and you give him credit. Like, who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. I've created the team to create a banger album. Yes. So that's what I was just uh, thinking about Drake and Kanye together and how they're both I mean, I think also in that vein, um, Beyonce is a great collaborator. You know, she's good at like recognizing talent and bringing people in. Beyonce is an excellent example of that. Yes. 
So, um, yeah, the skill to recognize talent and not need to micromanage everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about Drake. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just have, like, a lot of love for him. Um, well, he has... I have to say, too, for people listening who are not from Canada, if you followed his discography closely, as closely as I have, mm. I feel like we should put Drake on in the background. Okay. Um... Let's just do a fun Drake with Meek Mill. Yeah. It's a great banger. It is. Yeah. Shout out to them, like, mending, too. Mending relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Shake hands. Yes. Um, For those of you who've listened to Drake for a long time and have felt him storytelling about the hate that he gets from Canada and Toronto, Mm. you know, like... It's tr- it, but it's true. It mm. actually happened. I worked in a record mm-hmm. store in Toronto and the mid aughts, mm. early to mid to, I don't know, it was like 2003 to 2007. And I was really heavy in that world of music in Toronto. And it included mm. like record pools. It was st- DJs were still not quite Serato. They were still buying vinyl. And Drake, when he says he almost went platinum off of his mixtape, that's true mm. and he didn't have help from anyone yeah. including labels and the hateration he got <coughs> from mm. canadian mcs and producers mm. was clearly just that for me it felt like such hate like they were just being haters i'm s- you mm. know i was gonna do my canadian thing by apologizing already to people <laughs> listening but like fuck that whatever it, it it's true that i think he had to really show and prove he was this kid who acted on degrassi mm-hmm came from a kind of wealthy part of toronto like he was not he didn't have to pick himself up by his bootstraps to find food and like hustle you know so that story is a bit of a fraud Mm -hmm. but um he really he did it and he kept doing it yeah and i think um there's also that speaks to like the you know our investment in like legitimacy there's air quotes around legitimacy in terms of like doing it under a big label and the same thing is like true for um writers you know people don't respect things as much or people but you know often something doesn't get the you know respect it deserves if it's like self-published and i mean of course you it may not be curated but like I guess also the people will curate it. Like if they, Mm. you know, they can decide if they're into it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that to me is like kind of like in a way about like respectability a little bit. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, cause it's like, Oh, you don't have a large label behind you or you don't have like a large publishing company behind you or whatever it is. I'm just like, you know, shouting out to anybody who's trying to do their own thing independently. And it's kind of nice, you know, now that like in some ways that artists don't, totally need um record labels that they can do i mean i know it can be hard to get visibility in a sea of mm-hmm. like talent but shout i mean out to, shout out to your girl ebony doing it with a big label behind her right now yeah. listen yeah. and also you deserve it's not like you you didn't come out of nowhere <laughs> no so it's not like it's not like you came out of nowhere and just were given everything so i know i know it's true but i'm just leaning into the analogy it's yes like i yes. want a big label yes yes to pay for my independent label and you deserve your master label parrot and you deserve like they've all done before me yeah i deserve (laughs) 
Um, speaking of frauds. Mm. Uh-oh. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every yes, day I'm everyone hustling. who knows me, I did I'm selling it. crack right now, Ebony. So- I just <laughs> did a crack deal right outside of this studio right now. I'm the fucking man. I'm the kingpin. Here he comes, guys. I have to do it as often as possible. You know... There's one thing about being independent, and mm-hmm. there's one thing about really not paying your dues. Yeah. I'm such a stickler for this nigga. I like, oops, you're not allowed to say that on there. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> fucking with I'm the fucking boss. Get out of here. Tim 45, white on white, that's fucking Ross. I cut him wide, I cut him long. You know, what's sad is the song's fire. We keep them coming back. It is fire. I'm in the distribution. I'm like Atlantic. Atlantic. I got the motherfuckers flying across the Atlantic. Atlantic. I know Pablo. Pablo. Noriega. No, you don't. He probably no, you don't. He probably knows. He probably knows him because he was trying to arrest him. That's probably why he knows him. Cause it's like you're the feds, homie. Like what? That's oh, why you know man. him. You knew him when you were like. Yeah. Well, it's one thing to be like a fraud, and it's quite another thing to be just like straight up like the opposite of what you're claiming like it's one thing to like exaggerate and it's quite another thing to be like you were literally the ops and now you're talking about like how you were slang get your ass totally. out of here get out of here girl i know it's really um i'm not gonna pre-apologize but it's just funny that you know my brother-in-law has a really great podcast he's based in maine and we were talking about collaborating on something and I told mm-hmm. him in jest before I spoke to NPR and the beautiful people here about doing a project that I'm happy to continue here. But we talked about doing something together and I said to him, I just want to do a fucking podcast so I can talk about how fake Rick Ross is. <laughs> you should just <laughs> have a podcast just about just, that. I mean, for me, it's so yeah. infuriating and mm-hmm. I don't know why. It is. I think someone needs to psychoanalyze why I'm so hung up on it, but I'm really <laughs> taken aback about the past that some people get. Mm-hmm. And this is in, this is maybe yes. an analogy for life. Like, why does mm. why do some humans get a pass for some fraudulent shit or some fucked up shit and others don't and it feels very arbitrary and for this this is the case i always draw on because it's so clear as to why he should not get a pass yes first of all it's fucked the police and you literally were the police now you're trying to act like you're the people when you were like you know functioning as an extension <laughs> of that whole bullshit and, and you never sold drugs you know he said he gave some bullshit interview about how he was the the media like the in-between man or somebody wouldn't want to order drugs and they'd go to him and he'd go to the trap house and tell somebody and they would do it yeah Please. but you know what he also might have been um a crooked cop which is like almost even worse it's worse yeah i hope he was so that i can really really <laughs> really banish him mm. from the conversation now you have wing stop and uh, and weight loss programs fuck out of here I, I really just mm. what I really hate is he owns a Wingstop. He he owns Wingstop, like all of them. Yes. Oh, word! <laughs> wow. He is Wingstop. Learn something new every day. Oh, somebody fact check me. I'm pretty sure he owns Wingstop. To own, well, you know, unlike <laughs> unlike or does he own a Wingstop? But. If he owns all of them, that's like 
like wow because people pull up to Wingstop for sure so i'm pretty sure he does that he owns them all wait taryn's like shaking her head yes he owns all of them taryn she says yes yes there we go thanks taryn yeah he owns them all and and like lemon pepper was the original lemon flavor and that's wings. like his that's his thing that's his shit like that's how it started he just wanted lemon pepper wings ah, did rick ross invent <laughs> lemon pepper I'm no like, he didn't invent them he didn't invent them. Say, no, I, no, no. i was gonna say i'm pretty sure black people have been loving lemon pepper wings and eating them chips. no he didn't invent them but he some i i know i read this somewhere i don't want to i don't like just spewing to not bad cite facts, your sources yeah there was something about hmm. how he wanted more wings like he just you know there was no real wing focused delivery chickens chicken. that's not crown fried chicken um mm. but you know who the good freeway ricky is the blessing he actually received the blessing yeah can you speak on that blessing for the people listening please for those who don't know what we're talking about okay so you know rick ross the rapper that we know um is took on this this name from the original um ricky freeway ross who was an actual drug dealer um and who kind of like accidentally took place in iron contra which is wild and like he didn't even know oh yeah this is not a it's it true. sounds like a, it sounds like it's a crazy true. conspiracy theory is actually real there's a documentary um which is great and i had yeah i had heard and read a little bit about this before but um the documentary like lays it all out um it's like really heartbreaking but also um you know it exposes a lot of that and like it sounds like i'm wearing a tinfoil hat right now because it's so fucking crazy <laughs> conspiracy theory, yeah but, but but the government admitted admitted to like participating in like funding um or like helping travel um traffic drugs to the united states because yeah. they were like trying to like sell like fire it's like really it's like wild complicated if you have a chance check out that documentary really and should. look into it but like he basically and he was like really successful he was like um you he was know basically the first large-scale crack dealer yeah on the west he was Coast, a actual kingpin. he was actually kingpin he had dealer. He, he had he owned houses and businesses he was like a successful businessman yeah. you know it was just that you know it was you know illegal money illegal. whatever but um but he didn't even understand that he kind of like accidentally participated you know ronald reagan i really when i get to hell i will not be surprised to see you or mitch mcconnell because you are absolutely <laughs> fucking going to be there i already know he's there if there's a hell below you Reaganism. know um but like um you know the way he like you you know did people all the people who died of aids and shit and was just like oh nasty gay people like eh, and just like and he was like it. oh black people in crack that's bad uh, like, just just say no it. fuck you too nancy reagan yeah for you real. just say no to these nuts ho yeah. like um you know what i mean and it's like just say just say no i will slap the shit out of you i will literally dig Where's you up these nuts drop <laughs> i will literally like dig you up and slap you like 
for for that bullshit. Like people are dying, and now we have so much. All of this like outpouring for the opioid, you know, crisis. Um, you know, and it's not because we learned anything. It's because well, we did learn some things, but it's you know, this all of this compassion now. Where was that fucking compassion before? I know, girl. I know. These nuts. <laughs> God. Getting. Um, well, to recap our political diatribe, which was mm-hmm. very needed. <laughs> Freeway, the rapper, got permission from Freeway Ricky Ross, the crack dealer. And not, I shouldn't call him the crack dealer, the entrepreneur, entrepreneur who street employed, pharmaceuticals. yeah, street pharmaceuticals. He, he employed dozens of people, kept them employed and fed and clothed and sheltered and encouraged other entrepreneurs to break out. I mean, he was really, um, forward thinking and how it, what it meant to work this, to be a worker of in the streets. Like, I mean, he actually had a whole crew that he was empowering freeway the rapper got permission to use that name because he knew he had to ask yeah that he, nigga he, set trend that nigga was for like he, you know yeah. he set the tone yeah he went the he went through the, the right, right channels. channels meanwhile rick ross okay now that i hear myself talking about it again for the people who love me and know me i'll try and make this <laughs> the second to last time <laughs> i talk about this i still feel like there needs to be one culminating episode where i have rick ross be a guest on the show and i can actually talk about this with him that would be amazing you should but have all three of them on oh my god and then we should dig up then Robert i would require Reagan and just I like just have re- it just pop up his corpse and then just <laughs> periodically reach over and punch the shit out of his just, corpse just daggers <laughs> um but for now since it's the second to last time i'll talk about it for I now f- i feel personally insulted that you know, Rick Ross was given the chance to lie about his experience, to lie about um, the selling drugs or being involved with drug dealers, and then get called out about it, and then say that, uh, you know, he did whatever he could to survive, blah, 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 blah. He was a, basically, he was a prison guard. Basically, he was a fucking op who thought Freeway Ricky would never have anything to say about it. Yeah. There you are. I'm here. I just like, I was wildly. It's okay. You're, you're getting wild. I was, and I was wildly gesturing and I pulled my cord out and now we don't know where it is. Are we good on the record level, sir? Tom's in the house. What's up, Tom? Um, anyways, I'll stop talking about Freeway Ricky. Not Freeway Ricky. I'll stop talking about Rick Ross. Rick Ross. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like talk about it as much as you want to, but I mean, anyway, it's, it's something that bothers me, you know, another, another rapper I really love, Pusha T, Mm. there's this line that he has that says, you know, um, I, I rate Rick Ross because the message is pure. I'll never forget that line. And I was like, what? He gets a pass because you think the message is pure, but you want to, you know, get the out of here it makes me so upset that he doesn't and then freeway ricky ross gets out of prison for some bullshit that the government instigated and rick ross does not do the right thing 
and give him any kind of reparations mm. for taking his name. And if anyone listening can has different facts on this, I would love for you to. We don't have a call-in show, but <laughs> to do to do some form of reach out and set me straight because it might it might calm the fire. I mean, well, I remember actually him saying, and this is wild. He was like, "This dude has his name tattooed on his body." Like, just imagine like if I pulled up and I had like Ebony Haynes tattooed, <laughs> and I was like, "That's right, I'm the real Ebony Haynes. That's right." Like y'all don't even know. Like, what? That's weird strange very strange um but he he like fought tooth and nail in court to not give the real freeway ricky ross any kind of dues yeah which seems wrong i mean yes i'm so down with people rapping about a life they don't live i really am i think you're an artist Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to all be real I hate this song, but I don't know why I played this one. It's like the worst song in the world. It's probably fitting that I'm talking about Rick Ross. Um, <laughs> this is a Rick Ross song. Anyone yeah. listening? Aston Martin music. Yeah. But just change the name. Yeah. You know, just like take the story. If you're taking inspiration, it's like an artist mm-hmm. speaking to an artist. This is yes. just too good of a segue. You can take inspiration from the whole canon, as they tell us in art school with that stupid word. <laughs> but... Yes. You acknowledge if someone says, yes, oh, this painting you have reminds me of Les Demoiselles. Yes. I can see how that it reminds you of that. And I am aware of that body of work. Yes. However. Yes. I am not calling it that. Yes. As opposed to Rick Ross is like, yes, that's right. Nigga, I'm calling I, my name is Rick Ross. Or, or, or I'm acknowledging it in, you know, and this is after Les Demoiselles de Avignon or you know um or you know it made me think about the gorilla girls who mm. um who take on this they take on pseudonyms of women artists who <clears throat> may not have gotten their ju- you know their flowers while they were here you know so mm-hmm. some, you know they'll be called frida and but they aren't out here like painting portraits of frida kahlo and pretending like you know that was, you know, like, oh, this is my self-portrait. Like, if I take off this, you know, this this ape mask, then I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They are doing it in homage. So, like, you know, it's known. And also, you know, there is a tradition in, you know, we're talking about visual art. If anybody's like, what the fuck are they talking about? We're talking about visual art, meaning, you know, painting, sculpture, printmaking, or any other, you know, installation, any other, you know, of the... The plastic arts, Plastic if you will. arts. Yes. I'm 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 struggling with these terms, yes. canon and plastic yes. arts, but we'll use them for reference. Yes. And um, you know, just to not make assumptions about who may be listening. And and so, you know, there is a tradition of appropriation. And you say, like, this is Lakila Brown and this is after Felix Gonzalez Torres, two lovers. And I say his name mm-hmm. because I'm not trying to pretend like, you know, like, you know, when I was a gay man, like when I yeah, was a gay Latino call- man, like my life, you know, and it's just like, it no. was hard. It's like, you're not <laughs> calling yourself Felix. That's like, an, no. that's exactly, that's like mm-hmm. if you came out and called yourself Felix Gonzalez Torres <laughs> with no recognition of the first Felix Gonzalez Torres who actually paved the way. Mm-hmm. And then you went into a gallery and put an installation that was, you know, a mound of candies to take from. Yes. And you pretended like nothing before you existed. Mm-hmm. Just completely That's wipe outrageous. him out. That's Just outrageous. Just completely wipe him out. That would never get a pass. Because I didn't know when I first had heard of Rick Ross, I certainly had never heard 
of the person that he was based on. So I'm just thinking of like, I'm just thinking this rapper like, damn, he had like a life and like he did all these things. And like, I had no idea that um, he, you know, was basically just like appropriating this person's life in this way without credit. I mean, so we think of appropriation, you know, I feel like now there's like a big call out culture of like, cultural appropriation which makes sense um but like in art appropriation is not necessarily a bad thing it you know assuming that you go through assuming that you go through the right channels like I said if I were to make you know two lovers after Felix Gonzalez Torres I would be you know it would be in the title so that nobody thinks that I already referenced you know yeah that's a great example how perfect that it just fit into your own practice, this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, you know, I was just thinking of a way, you know, I like to bring up Felix Gonzalez Taurus whenever I can, because I just like feel, you know, that like sappy E.E. Cummins poem. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. That's how I feel about him. I love E.E. Cummins. Yeah. But that's how, you know, he's like one of the artists I like carry in my heart. So like, you know, I, you know, if I can, like, mention him, I will, because I'm just like, that's so sweet. I, you know, I didn't know that. Would you call, would you say name if someone said what are one of your favorite artists, you would say Felix Gonzalez Torres? Yeah, he's definitely in that list. I mean, it's not (laughs) it's not like I mean, you know, you know how many how many images we take in. So it's like saying who you're, who, so I went on this like Tinder date once and I had like in my bio or something that like, you know, I was in art or one of my pictures was like in my studio. So they, you know, through context clues put together that I was like into art, but they were not an art person. And you know how it is when you talk to people (laughs) who are not in the art world. And I like, I just want to like preface this because like, I don't want to sound, I don't want to perpetuate like bourgeois like stereotypes no it's all good but like you know sometimes you know how it is when you talk to people who like you know talking to my family they're just like oh you draw with your little friends or whatever you know they don't know what it is but like you know and this person was like actually fairly accomplished like he had a phd in um in neuroscience and yeah but like you know it's just funny like people just like assume they know something about art and he was just like, what's your favorite? Uh, <laughs> he was just like, what's your favorite work of art? And I was kind of like, um, <laughs> well, that's like an impossible question. Like, you know, that's not like it's not you can't have like a favorite, a favorite pe- work of art. It's a group of people who have influenced you and you have like basically a lineage, you know, of like and you can sort of. I mean, whatever. There are people who just like come out of nowhere, but I'm not trying to pretend like I'm so special. I did right, not right. just come out of nowhere. I have artistic ancestors, you know. Right. Um, and so, but Felix Gonzalez Torres, I would count amongst my like my artistic ancestors. Oh, that's so interesting to know. I am also a Felix fan, of course. Somebody recently asked me in my first Clubhouse talk. Um my favorite my top five artists 
And at first I said, oh, man, that's hard. And I thought they were talking about music. Mm. And they said, no, no, like visual artist. Mm. And then I s- immediately I responded by saying, oh, that'll be easier mm. without really thinking it through. Because it's always I've never been asked that question before about visual artists. And in the, you know, the lives that I've had leading up to my world as a curator and gallery director has been very music heavy. So I've been asked that question a lot. Mm. I've never thought about visual artists. So I responded by saying, oh, great, that'll be easier. And then Mm. immediately I was it was dead silence. Um, I was drawing a blank. I couldn't I, I felt so much pressure. Uh, Five is not enough. It's not enough. It's it's not enough. And they said living or dead. Mm. And I'm also, I felt very. Fuck them dead hoes. <laughs> I felt very aware. I'm just kidding. I love you. I love we y'all. Love Thank y'all. you. Thank you, for Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you I, for what you left us with. Thank you for your legacy. It, except, I, so, except some of y'all. Except Jackson Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because of how he did Lee Krasner. You know, I'm I like, mean, we could call a lot of the motherfuckers out of it. I mean, are come we on, go there here? we need to say their names in a negative way. Like, fuck you, Carl Andre, suck my dick. <laughs> this is the best. He ain't dead, but when he die, I'll be there. To urinate. <laughs> Nobody. Here's an example. Fuck Carl Andre. Listen, let's just talk about this Rick Ross conversation about frauds. Why the fuck does Carl Andre get a pass and no one? People feel like that conversation is over. He'll that's get a pass on me. It's on site. But that's what I'm it's saying. It's fucking on site. That's I don't give a fuck. It's on site. But that's what I'm saying, though. Why is it on Ebenezer's, site for something? He looks like Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> I will slap the shit out of you, Carl Andre. If you listening. I wouldn't. I wouldn't let you suck somebody else's dick. How about that? <laughs> let alone mine. Fuck Carl Andre. I need to compose myself. <laughs> I'm trying to take a sip and I can't because my cheeks are so hurting from smiling. Listen, I think this is such an unplanned segue into these <laughs> frauds who make it into our worlds. I didn't even mean for this to happen, but I hate Sorry, Rick Ross I'm so much. It's perfect. No, you're, it was the best. It was the best. I mean, it's interesting. I'm not saying it's I'm about only to get this. Like a mother- no, you aren't. You can never listen. You can never get canceled on this podcast. And the only people who would try to, and let's not, I can't go there. I was gonna say the, I will, I will, I will go there now because I'm the host. The only people who will try to cancel you are those who can't do it themselves. Mm. And that's the truth with this fucking cancel. I've been well, try- people trying to cancel me all the time, but mm. the key word there is trying. But Try. what I've, what's interesting is that these frauds that we've just made connections to, and people who get a pass. Chris Brown also gets a pass. He mm. beat he yeah. beat up he beat a woman. Yeah, and admitted it. And now nobody talks about it. And he has a hit song and a hit album and a new woman (coughs) and a new baby. And nobody remembers that he left marks on a woman's face and body. And it's a problem for me that all of these examples are men Mm -hmm. and nobody questions it past one. It's like it has a lifespan. It has a it has a shelf life. Yes. You ask about it, it's over. Okay, that's good. We 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 d- we did that, and it's and it's gone. I mean, I think that's one of the downsides of being overloaded with information is that like your mind only has so much space for pop culture and shit that is not directly related, affecting your life, 
And so, you know, these people get squeezed by, but it is also, you know, especially with, you know, cishet men or cis men, mm-hmm. um, often, you know, loving their art is always with like a little like star by it, right? Because it's like, I love them and they beat their wife. I love them and they like, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, and I mean, yes, everybody has harmed, but everybody has harmed in their ways. And it's, you know, a larger conversation about how to be accountable and how to make reparations and all of that. But yeah, I mean, that's why when I sent the song to you, it was with some reservation because I did actually think it was a Drake song. And then like when I went to look it up, I was like, oh, it's a Chris Brown song featuring Drake. But, you know, Drake is so like such a lead on the song. And I mean, you know, whatever, somebody listening to this might have something to say about Drake. But I'm just saying that, like, you know. I am I am thinking about that, especially, you know, as black people and Chris Brown is a black person. Yes, he's wealthy and privileged and stuff. But like just think considering these conversations in general, like what do we do with and people also, who what cause is, harm? And what does it mean for the victim of Chris Brown who's a black woman? Yes. And uh mm-hmm. when when massage negro happens and <laughs> and It happens often I'm, and goes unchecked, and I think it's because black women know that there's still a light at the end of the tunnel without having to check this tired conversation, but that's mm-hmm. also not fair. Yes. Um, I just want to play this really quickly because it's just one of my favorite things to think about. Music. Why do you, this, why do you think the song Niggas in Paris is called Niggas in Paris? Mm. Cause niggas was in Paris. Cause niggas is in Paris, <laughs> son. Yes. You know. Yes. Like, I told you I had, <laughs> I told you I had a vision. Like, you know, I hate to be all like, call me now for your free tarot reading. But like, <laughs> I have, but I, but I have. Dion. No, no, that was Miss Cleo. Oh, Miss. R.I.P. Miss Cleo. R.I.P. Miss Cleo. But um, no, I when I saw that. <laughs> when I saw that, um, when you posted that in your stories, I had a vision of us in Paris, and I was like, "That's gonna be us." That still will be us. Yes. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, I, I saw it. I have seen it. It's going to happen. I mean, I'm there for it. Yes. And one of the important things about Paris, we're just, we'll just have like a grand tour. Mm-hmm. You know. They've coined the phrase grand tour for people who tour around Europe mm-hmm. who have the privilege to do so. We should have a grand tour and make a we should make a game of it. I'd like to do this. Let's make a game of never referencing a white abstract expressionist painter. Mm. I don't want to hear anything about Pollock. Mm. I don't want to hear anything about We're like, who? <laughs> who the fuck is that? <laughs> Or like tasking ourselves and everyone around us to not reference white male painters. Yes. And I'm like Gilda Snowden, shout out to Detroit. I'm like, I know who that is. You know who the fuck is Jackson Pollock? Listen, I know Gilda Snowden. I will not <laughs> throw shade. I actually had a friend send me a, a photo, like a Photoshop image they made today mm-hmm. based on a talk that I gave mm-hmm. where I'm often criticized for not giving painters play. But I love 
listen, I love painting, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't need Everybody to give, does. Everyone does. But I don't That's need to give a <laughs> special place in whatever whatever space I'm a part of, wherever I'm curating, wherever I'm selling work. <laughs> I don't need a special just, place for painting. I almost said something really inflammatory. What? And, and now I'm going to say it because I'm a Gemini. <laughs> Yes, send me all your hate mail. I was like, painters are the. W-. I was like, painters are the white men of the art world, and sculptors are like, <laughs> and sculptors are like the black women, because <laughs> you know everybody. It's like, yeah, when people think of art, they picture painting. You know, they don't picture some like weird little sculpture thing. I'm like, I'm like, it's cool. Come for me. We're, Come both, for me. we're both about to get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> what? What we should. I love painting. I'm I just love saying, painting too. That's I'm just what saying I'm saying. It's the default of That's art. That's what I'm when saying. When people think of art in air quotes. That's it. it. And actually, I had a really interesting realization with a conversation I had with someone a few weeks ago that I don't hate painting at all. Mm-hmm. I legit have the same appreciation for painting as I do anything else. Yes. But the nature of the art world, when I entered it, very young and naive. And I didn't have the vocabulary or experience to speak about painting because it felt like such a special and privileged conversation. I mean, of course, it was coupled with me being the only black person in the room at every opening. And well, if it was a painting show, I would never open my mouth because people would be like, oh, and this, you know, these re- they just weren't my references. That's yes. it. And we should credit mm-hmm. everybody's reality mm-hmm. and subjective position because painting yes. was not my reference. Mm-hmm. So I found allegiance with practices that looked outside of the canvas. So I didn't have to feel lesser than speaking about brush strokes and color and Mm -hmm. figurative versus abstract and of Mm -hmm. course now I feel super you know confident in Mm -hmm. my position on any painting I see that Mm -hmm. comes with time but when I entered the art world I was very green and all I wanted to see was people punching holes in walls and you know performative conceptual installations like that's what I was drawn to because it was most it was most relatable for me. Yes. So I mean, I'm still drawn. I, I still, I I'm, like I'm drawn so to those practices. That's just like natural. For yes. Me. And I feel like, you know, and this is why I made that analogy. I mean, I do enjoy being inflammatory, inflammatory, but like, that is why I made that analogy. I mean, I think people default to painting and like, um, I, you know, I, I have love for painting too. I feel like I shouldn't even have to say that. But it is like very much the default. And so for me, it's actually more interesting that little baby Ebony like <laughs> um, was looking outside of that because I think people, you know, <clears throat> I mean, it's painting is one of those things that like enables people who know nothing about art. Like I'm like elitism alert. We need like a <laughs> like. Rah, rah, yeah. um, but, you know, it's one of those things that like you know, make people think they know more about art than they do is because like, you know, you can just take a, you know, dab some paint into like, or dab a brush into some paint and drag it across the surface. And this is not me shitting on painting. I'm just saying that like, I think, I mean, there's also plenty of, in terms of accessibility, that's like a nice thing. I mean, 
Oh, I'm yeah. digging a hole. I know, I, I know. You're like, you're, now you're, tra- you're digging, digging a, a hole, hole, and now you're trying to get back out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll save you right now because <laughs> I'll use myself as the example. I am now <laughs> the guest, like the visiting lecturer for the Yale MFA painting and printmaking class, right? <laughs> I've made jokes in that class about myself <laughs> because we've I've used examples of things I've curated. Of course, I've curated and loved Oh, the joke, the the end of the story of my friend who sent me the photoshopped image was a t-shirt for me saying some of my best friends are painters, which is true, which is true. That's amazing. Some of my best friends really are painters and I love talking about it. Me too. But the fact that I have to, we have to couch our statements about it Mm -hmm. in this paying respect and homage and yes, we get it and we understand and we love you and we appreciate it Mm -hmm. and then add the but however, although I am personally drawn to you know, I one thing example I love using is Popel, who's mm. is my favorite artist at the moment. Mm. I like to say at the moment that's a good favorite artist. Changes, but it's been a mo- it's been about an eight year moment. Yeah, that's a good that's a good that's a good moment. Yeah, that's a good, he's really yeah. like I turned to Popel's practice for a lot of examples. But mm. the first show I curated at my last gallery included Popel, mm. and what I loved most about the work is how it it. it figuratively and literally almost killed me. Mm. Here's a huge inside scoop for anyone listening. The show was called, yeah, there's the tea. The show was called Invisible Man at Mm. Marto's Gallery. It was Popel, Torquase Dyson, Mm. Coyote Ojo, and Jessica Vaughn. What's up, Coyote? I love you. What's up, Kay? Um, And we had just, I'd spent a year as the, the, you know, I don't director pseudo project manager of the build out of this new gallery to the point where everything in that gallery I was involved in the decision so even like picking the floors Mm. you know the lighting designer the HVAC person the engineer the plumber the I mean I was with Jose Mm. you know God love him for the step up he gave me with this position mm-hmm. and it was also a lot of pressure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. include popel in the first show mm. this nigga made me cut a hole in my ten thousand dollar floor for the first show we ever did when i say he's so weird he's, but <laughs> he's so strange. you know why i loved him though what i let him push me because mm. i was like you're testing it was almost mm. like me i just I, so everyone listening i came in and it was like just bitching and complaining about my day and Lakayla was here and I said you know somebody wanted me to give a talk and I didn't want to do it so I upped the price mm-hmm. and they said okay and I was like oh shit damn it and I felt like that's what Popel was doing to me you know he was really busy you want but this he position? loved me yeah I've worked with him for a while and mm. I and then when I reached out to him and was like look I really need you to be in the show I think it's super important and I want a new work I don't want something from the catalog right mm. make some what are you working on i know you're working on something mm. and his answer mm-hmm. he was i feel like he was mm-hmm. just like you think i have time for a new work bitch you know how b-? he's like all right you want new work all right <laughs> cut a hole in your floor and hang a fountain upside down and everyone get on a ladder every day to turn it on and off Damn. you have to dust it and put a new filter in and go downstairs and empty out the basin that is dripping it's like he was he was setting up the parameters to hope that I would say no. And I was like, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I was in mm-hmm. the gallery. Here's this. That's, that's not super secretive for anyone who knows me or Popel. But mm-hmm. I was in the gallery 
alone for weeks leading up to this opening. I have so much love for this gallery and this show in particular. Working with his studio to try and figure out the apparatus in the basement that would catch the water silently and without light. And I was going to the, you know, we're, we're close to, we're in Chinatown and close to this like plumbing street. Um, I forget what it is now. Is it Christie? I don't remember, but. Plumbing street? Yeah, there's like a bunch of plumbers. So oh, like plumbing, okay, like I there's see. like a, a, a Sounds like it was succession of plumbing stores. Sounds like it was closer to Bowery, but across from the park. Yeah, mm. closer to Bowery. And I would go in every day and like get pieces of gasket with mm. like tube and blackout paint. And I was building, I built this thing with my partner downstairs mm. and we like did it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. And he came, <laughs> he came in for an install and he's based in Chicago. And mm, yeah, um, we had some art handlers. I don't know where this story is going, but if it's interesting, I mean, I, I, forget, I think it's I about. I think we were talking about it's basically pushing our boundaries. Yes, I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to digress too much. No, but I think. I mean, I think that's an interesting. If you can, it's an opportunity to stretch yourself. So they talk about like you know, um, like one of like. So my other job besides being an artist is. Like I work in education and we talk a lot about um, we talk a lot about like stretching ourselves or stretching the kids. And so sometimes like the classes may be intergenerational Um, Mm -hmm. and with little kids, it makes a big difference because like. I mean, once you're all adults, it, the it's it flattens a little bit more, but like little kids, there's big jumps in their like abilities and functions and like their mental faculties and all of that and so sometimes when you have little kids with um with older kids they can like stretch themselves to sort of like and I feel like that was an opportunity for you to like stretch yourself like he challenged you and is is like (laughs) I'm like I feel like him being a man had something (laughs) to do with Uh, him having the audacity to be like Cut a hole in his, cut a ten foot hole in his leg. For sure, it was almost like. (laughs) I mean, I love him. I mean, I love him too. I love him to death. I'll do any show he ever wants to do, for the record. But it definitely was a moment of he probably, in hindsight, in the place that I am now in my career, he likely didn't have the capacity to really commit to this project, but mm. maybe wanted to try to because it was me. I'm mm. hoping that's one of the case. Like that's you kind think he of was hoping you would back out. He's like hoping, you, yeah, like how like you were exactly. hoping, like how you were hoping they would back out. Exactly. When yeah. you're hoping, when you, when you request something and you're, and you say something so outlandish that <laughs> you're expecting the person to say, Oh, we can't do that. And they're like, cool, cool. Okay. okay. I'm like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> we'll do it. And yeah. And he's like, I remember doing tests with the hole in the floor with anyways. Um, that's really funny though. Like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, just like you were like, Pah. I know. And he and he really put it all on me to make sure it worked out. So it was so much pressure. I remember I was also feeling still pretty green at this phase in my mm-hmm. career, but like sleeping at the gallery and my partner who helped me so much on the install and just creation of the gallery was there and we like set an alarm clock. I was like, okay, you go get sandwiches and coffee. I'm going to go to the plumbing store and get this new thing. And we're going to build this, you know, it was, it was really a labor of love, which is so nobody ever. I'm like, listen, I mean, even maybe the concept of even paying your dues to some degree is bullshit, but like nobody ever fucking say you didn't pay your dues. 
Cause like sometimes like I try to remember that, like when I feel guilty and I mean, whatever, I do want to be a good community member and like, you know, do whatever I can to like help movements for the people, you know, go get along and like prosper. But like sometimes when I'm feeling guilty, I try to remember those times of like sleeping on floors and being cold or work, you know, all, all nighters and things like that. And, um, you know, I don't. I, you know, I don't think I have like huge issues with entitlement. I don't think I do. I mean, like anybody who knows me well will let me know. But I think, you know, I like I just try to remember those things. Um, and like I said, I, I I do think all of that stuff is like problematic. I am an anti-capitalist. Um, and, you know, that being said, though, like I, you know, I also it's in me too. So if I say something, if I contradict myself, I am also still learning. Um, but you know, I, you know, I just don't like appreciate hearing like people coming for you or people like having like fucking ideas about like what you need to be doing and stuff. And, um, I mean, it's hard to take it when it's about me too, but I have to say, like, I'm, I'm like nobody <laughs> and nothing. No, so like, and people don't come nobody. for me. People, I mean, I don't really mean that I'm, my mother thought I was special, so, you know, but, you know, I'm just, I'm not saying that in any kind of way. I'm just saying, you know, I try to remember these things. I try to remember my personal ethos and my politics when I talk about these things, because, you know. I just like, I just want you to have all the things, you know? <laughs> You're so sweet. Well, I want you to have all the things, which is why you are <laughs> one of, this is why the guests of Blue Cheese are the guests. They're people I actually respect and love and want to talk to. Um, and there are some cool things coming up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Look, he was like, who, me? Um. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm working and stuff, you know, um, don't be I, too modest here. This is, I am not the bitch. To be she's never been with. accused of being modest. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like, I don't think I'm braggadocious, but you know, I, I'm, I am an, I am, I am, an, I am an extrovert. You know, I don't think I'm braggadocious, but I am like, ah, hello, I'm here, you know? Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's some exciting things are happening for me, which is like lovely. Tell everyone who you are repped with, not by, but with. With, um, I represent my first click. Um, well, <laughs> actually, the first gallery. That should be the fucking way my click. come out. My, like, click. my click. Who's your click? Yeah, who's my click? We need flags. Click. I mean, low-key, like, you know, Chelsea's kind of like mafia. They're like definitely like cartels and shit. Um, but <laughs> let me cue up a song while you talk about it. Yes. We need a little reset of the room. Yes. Get a little vibe for the click. Yes. Fuck it, cause I want some. All right, who oh you clicked God. up with? That's right. Uh, uh. Ain't nobody okay. fresher Ain't nobody than my motherfucking click. Click, click, click. I'm like click, 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 click. That's the remix. Literally, I'm like there has to be somebody did that. I I can't be. I the, don't know. I've never. I don't think I've ever heard. I'm it. like somebody somewhere has had to. Have, I'm not sure. Well, 
I'm like, that's going to be on our mixtape. Stay tuned. Yeah. I'm like, stay Blue tuned. Blue Cheese mixtape. That's right. The clit coming soon to you. <laughs> um, so the first actual gallery to represent me was Lars Friedrich, um, which is in Berlin, Germany. Um, and then um, Reyes Fan, formerly known as Reyes Projects, but Fre Reyes Fan in Detroit, which is lovely. It feels amazing to be represented Woo -woo. in my hometown. What's up, Reyes Fan? Yes. Shout out to Bridget and Therese. Shout um, out. Shout out. Shout out. And then in New York, you know, where I, where I reside um, in Brooklyn, come and find me. Um, <laughs> But uh, I am represented in New York by 56 Henry. Shout out to Ellie. Shout out Ellie. Yes. Listen, you know, I think this is fitting for me to take a moment to just give some props where props are due, unlike some others who don't deserve props. Rick Ross. <laughs> but you have three galleries and just like congratulations for getting recognition on a practice that needed eyes on it and the right amount of eyes and you know i i really just didn't i never planned for this to be talks about art in relation to you as an artist and music curator but mm -hmm. since we're on it i want to just say i always appreciate your balance between the public and the private and like making space for people to access your art who may feel like they don't know how to access it and towing the line for people who think that they're privileged and shouldn't have to do work mm. to get in to mm. actually not take it at face value. Um, we can talk about that a bit more offline. I, I maybe we shouldn't, but I, I really respect. I want to, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but I yes. really respect that line that you tow. And I think people who look at some of Lakila's work, um, my, I guess what I'm saying is my, my bottom, my elevator line is if you think you get it, you probably don't. Mm which is really exciting for some artist practice. Um, when you think it's somebody maybe speaking to a particular crowd and that's it, or you speak, they're speaking to a one particular line of history and that's it. And that's actually not it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's exciting when you get that that's not it. Yes. You love as a curator, you love the play between the artist pushing their audience a little bit more and having fun with the audience who thinks that they don't belong there. And, you know, it's just, it's a really great line that you tow. Thank you. I love hearing that you have three galleries <laughs> because, you know, you. for I all mean, intents and purposes, it's not the, it's not the marker of all success, yeah. but it's a marker that people recognize you know, genius yeah. as well and want to support it or be Ooh, affiliated with it. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I feel well supported and I feel like, you know, I feel cared for. And so I feel very fortunate. I mean, it is fortunate to be represented in general, you know, by spaces that, you know, try to put your work out there and stuff. But like, I also really do feel cared for. So you That's know, awesome. if any of my gallerists are listening, like I, I really do appreciate it. Um, and like they can do things I can't do. And it's like, no, you're like goes back to what you were saying about collaboration and like, you know, also like, you know, limitations. Like I'm I'm pretty like occupied. Um, but like I also appreciate what you said about my work and I don't you know I don't want to get too much no, into talking about into my it. work but I do um you know it is important to me to have um entryways like multiple entryways 
And I do think about like my, like I told you, my family is like, oh, you draw with your little friends. Like, you know, that's what they know. And, you know, my, my sister who know, you know, is not in the art world at all. You know, she might not even know some of the things that any random person you stop on the street and ask them about art. But, you know, one of the things she said when I first, you know, started this particular, like, sort of along the lines that like I'm working now is she was like, Oh, you know, um, so for anybody who doesn't know my work, like some of the objects that I use as a reference are door knocker earrings. And, you know, for <clears throat> me, that's nice because it is a, it is a particular entryway, um, that people who are not involved in this, like, you know, industry that is you know considered unfortunately because of accessibility a luxury industry but somebody can look at my work and have something that they recognize and like I get that kind of feedback all the time and that makes me happy that like people can look at it and like see something that they recognize and like it's an entryway for them and so that is important to me and then like you said then on the other side people who think they know something about art I find myself explaining to them and it is like yeah I, I don't know I'm like getting like itchy now because I'm like talking about myself no, and no, my work good. too much but no, you're not talking too much what what's really interesting is like um why I'm such a champion and excited about things changing and I hate that fucking word change especially <laughs> from the corporate side because change. it often means nothing it's so mm. vapid but mm -hmm. for me to talk about your work and I've used this before the reference of like a David Hammond's body print mm. and for people to mm. not understand why I'm thinking of that in relation mm. to a door knocker mm. imprint in plaster mm. Is it plaster? It's, it's plaster. It's plaster, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought so. Mm -hmm. I absorbed that information. I just wanted to double check. But mm -hmm. that's an example. This is also me nerding out right now after an hour and a half of talking. So <laughs> apologies. But why having people who look like us at the level of the, like the decision makers and the, for lack of a better word, gatekeepers and mm -hmm. curators, yeah. critics... To recognize that David Hammonds has a direct correlation to door knocker earrings imprint in plaster for me and why that's a reference. Stop with your, you know, studio crits referencing Rothko and mm. Jasper Johns and Pollock. That ah. is that is part of a, a catalog that is important and I'm not going to take away from what that story was, but it cannot continue like wholly without anybody questioning anything there needs to be other references in comparison to what i see when i look at work like lakila's and i mean i could talk about this for hours it's just an example of you <laughs> I'm know glad, i'm glad that you brought up david hemmons because he's one of my ancestors too oh word yes like you know, like when i think of particularly like using chicken heads because he's like master of uh visual puns and the chicken head is a visual pun like i use i have like actual chicken heads 
in my work. And, you know, it came from, I was a line cook at Roberta's. Shout out to Roberta's. Shout out Roberta's. That was where I, close to my first apartment ever, almost more than 10 years ago now in New York on Bogart Street. Dang, old school. Yeah, Bogart. Yeah, you were right there. Um, but I was a line cook, a lowly line cook. You know, it's not fancy. It's, that's like the real hard work. But um, one day they were butchering chickens. And there was a, a, a big bowl of chicken feet. And then there was a big bowl of chicken heads. And they were like, ew, I don't understand what to do with that. No, I... No, I'm they an, were. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I was on my way to my studio. And so I took a to-go container and I put a chicken head in it and I put a chicken foot in it. And I just like put it in my bag and took it to my studio. And I made a mold of it. And I didn't even know why I did that at the time. I just... Um, I just did it, and then I had this rubber mold, these two rubber molds just sitting in my okay. studio. And then one day I was like, oh, it's a chicken head. I didn't even, at the time, I just, I was just collecting shapes. So I didn't even know why. Come on. Chicken heads. Yes. So we're just playing a, a yeah. stream of consciousness of Ebony's brain while yeah. Nikhil is talking. So, yes. you know, um, but that is, you know, for anybody who may be listening, who might Google my work and be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, if you see a bird head, it is a chicken head, and it was actually cast from a literal chicken. And that is what it's referencing. Um, so... Like well, if for you, everyone else listening, we you we already know. do some research. Yeah. If you don't know why oh, if you we're don't talking know. about chicken, I'm head like, listen to, to Project I'm, Pat. If you old and white, listen to Project <laughs> Pat. <laughs> um, um, no, but like, no, but really though, like that is the reference. Like there, yeah. is, and I like that. That's my reference. That you can't go. That you can't go to a quote unquote official place and like read about what a chicken head is that you have to listen to red man you have to listen or, to red or, man or, or project, project pat, pat or cardi b who did the bicken head because you know we talk about flags hanging totally allegedly yeah allegedly don't come for me <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know that's you know i like that that's like the research on it and you know that's how a lot of our culture goes it is like verbal or you know it's a thing that's always evolving. And, you know, that's the thing, too, with the work I was referring to of yours with the door knockers. It's, mm-hmm. uh, for me, an example of the lack of enough cultural reference in our art world mm-hmm. that would recognize that. Because if, let's say, hypothetically, Felix Gonzalez Torres mm-hmm. had a f- pile of door knocker earrings mm-hmm. because that was referential to an experience they had. Mm-hmm. Or or a broader scope of people who visit like in the art world had that would be normal, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. the broad strokes mm-hmm. or scope mm-hmm. of most of the visitors. It's a very specific, nuanced world. Also, no absolute zero shade to your galleries because, for better or worse, I I legit I have, know, real have conver- love real love for two of them. Yeah, closely. I have. I conversations like i talk i have very real as you should which is why you probably have three which is why you probably have three galleries (laughs) but you know 
it's important. <laughs> How do I say this? For Just everyone, say not, it, for say everyone it, keep who can't see me, I'm wrong. like clenching my fingertips and yes. my teeth, my jaw mm-hmm. really tightly. Um, <laughs> it's important to mm-hmm. acknowledge for me as one of the few black art dealers in the world. Mm-hmm. And when I say few, I mean, mm-hmm. don't come for me with this phrase. Mm-hmm. Don't come for me and say there's a dozen because that's not, that ain't shit. That's still, still a few. In a few. grand scheme in of the, things. It, we're talking it's actuarial a, science. Few. We're talking yeah. about ratios and numbers. That's a yes. few. Yes. But what's interesting to me is when people representing work like yours <laughs> might not appreciate the weight of the door knocker literally mm-hmm. and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's n- that's a l- slight diatribe to just say kudos to you and to your team for giving you a space where you feel supported with that kind of content. If you are listening and you don't recognize any of these phrases and words, mm-hmm. do your research. Listen to Project Pat. And Three, six it's mafia. an example of why there needs to be more people who look like us in the art world. We're going to do a new segment starting episode 10. This is a rapid fire Q&A. You're just going to answer questions, um, you know, as you see fit, uh, as you're ready to answer them. Just keep it real. I'm going to try to keep it real, keep it fresh. Keep it real, keep it fresh. Yes. We always fresh, hopefully. If you were going to remake any movie, which one would it be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's still Crooklyn. Yes. Because I really identified with the, like, the main character, Troy, and her older brothers and, like, growing up in the hood. And, like, she, yes, she grew up in Brooklyn and I grew up in Detroit. But, you know, there's some universality about the hood in some ways. That's true. I often think about that. I mean, I mean I w- if I was going to start, like, a mm-hmm. war right now, I would bring up the fact that, like, New Yorkers tend to think that, like, the world revolves around them and that, like, <laughs> certain things are, like, very specific. Well, there are things that are specific <laughs> to New York, but, like, they tend to be – I feel like native New Yorkers get what's specific and special about New York wrong in a way. People are going to be like, you black gentrified, get your ass out of here. But, <laughs> okay. like – but Fair. it's true. But yeah. it's true. Like there are certain things that are universal about the hood. Um, and so I actually, you know, Crooklyn is pretty indicative of that. That's yeah. 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 Like I highly identified with that. And you would be Troy. I mean, in in my like, you know, autobiography of Lakila Brown. Yes, I would be Troy. And I grew up with older brothers who like, you know, terrorized me in the same way. So, yes. That would be a great remake, and I would watch it for the record. And I had my hair. My mother did my hair in the same way and all of that. Yes. Oh, that's so sweet. Let's do it. We can let's get a fun, let's get a grant. If you could have any superpower, oh yes. What would it be? Yes. Yes. My superpower would be to have like instantaneous ability to heal. Like physically heal, mentally heal, spiritually heal. Like, I could just, like, recognize Mm. hurt and heal it. And I'm not saying that to, like, sound like a goody two-shoe. Like, I think, you know, I think it's the most accurate power for me to 
wish for in terms of like my personal ethos. I think that's the most in line. I mean, it'd be cool to be invisible or fly or something, but if I'm going to think about something that's most in line with my personal ethos. Shoes on or shoes off? Off. Black or white? Black. Hot or cold? Hot. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Hat or no hat? No hat. Uber or Subway? Subway. Wine or beer? Wine. Red or white wine? Red. Ice cubes or no ice cubes? I want to say no ice cubes. It depends because, you know. No, 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 no. Okay. No ice cubes. Higher (laughs) education versus no higher education. What is your stance? Just pick one. That's so complicated. As an artist, I'll give you more more parameters. An artist who's hedging higher education versus not. What do you think? I mean, my higher education was extremely problematic, but I also wouldn't take it back. So I guess that's a vote for. But for what is? For higher education. What is high? What is higher? What is learn? What is learning? What is higher learning? What what is what is what is it? I mean, what it is. <laughs> so yes to higher learning. What's up? Whatever this nigga's name is and this nigga that we shout can out to out. you. Shout out to the legend, word poet who's, legend whose name we have yet. To shout uncover. out to Tyra Banks and her first acting role. And getting smoked. No <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, shout out to fucking uh, Michael Rappaport for fucking smoking Tyra Banks, who was minding her black Michael business. Michael Rappaport, who I also love right now on social media, which is so Did you up. see his rant about Tramp? Tra- tramp. <laughs> <laughs> tramp. Oh, my God. There has to be somebody out there who figured that oh out. Oh, my God. But his, his uh, rant about Trump losing the election no was I, like I, I didn't it was so iconic it like cleared my skin but you anyway. know i was following michael rapaport for a while on instagram and had to mute him yeah because it was just too yeah. much but i appreciate he the is vibe. too much he is too much i appreciate the vibe he's too much and he's like problematic but but i appreciate his rant about trump <laughs> he will he went off it's like only a new yorker could he's like you fucking lost you bozo get the fuck out <laughs> it was so good yeah he's a real new yorker <sighs> speaking yeah. of new yorker mm-hmm. pizza or hot dogs mm, down pizza for sure Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, I'm 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 sidling into the question format here. Mm-hmm. My problem with the New York hot dogs, because mm. I wish I could say hot dogs for this too, and mm. I can't, is this bullshit cart system. Like if you mm. ca- if you go to Toronto mm. or Chicago, mm-hmm. that's oh shout out to Chicago shout dogs. Shout out to Chicago dogs. Yo, Toronto dogs also shout out that. I don't shit. know Chicago dogs or, or Toronto dogs. Toronto I know, dogs I know. are real. Toronto dogs mm. are the 24 hour diner. Mm. Oh, shout you, out to Detroit. You leave the club, Coney dogs. You leave the club. That shit is ready and popping for two dollars. And it's mm. but there's something about New York. It's like every hot dog I've tried to have from a cart. 
it's this like skinny yeah they're flavorless skinny. yeah thing they're like this, skinny with this bun that's get only this little glizzy you out of here to eat while it's warm mm-hmm. or it goes stale mm-hmm. and the only toppings they have are ketchup and mustard and like mm-hmm. that shit's just not acceptable. you haven't i'm like you haven't had a county dog in detroit right no i have not but i have no i have not okay have not. i'm like we will. We will do. Let's do that Tonight shit. we dine in hell. Because that's like pretty iconic too. And it's also funny because it's like confusing because it's called Coney. It's called Coney Island. And there's more Coney Islands than there are McDonald's in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But like Coney Island is like a very specific thing. So shout out to that in Detroit too. All right. Well, show me the way. I, I shall. Um, A little bit more into Lakila Brown. Mm-hmm. Weed or no weed? I mean, weed. Okay. Why not? I'm not trying to, I'm not going to force it on you, but <laughs> like, so, so. but weed. All right, good. Yeah. All right. Um, police or no police? <laughs> <laughs> I think you, I'm like, ask about me. What's no police. Abolish that shit. Abolish. abolish. That shit. I, I just wanted a chance to say it. The fucking. KKK, the the like I'm like abolish abolish the policing yourself. You notice you're policing other people, abolish that shit. Abolish the police. Abolish policing. Period. That's what I'm talking about. The views expressed on this um, so I'm just gonna play this in the background for the next song because fuck the police. We just need a chance to say that any chance we get. Every day. <laughs> what are your favorite sneakers? Oh, I wish I was like more of a fashion girl. But yes, uh, I mean, my favorite sneakers are Nike, of, you know, is the, as the British. May, do Canadians say trainers? Uh, I know like Europeans say we, trainers. I think we might say trainers. Where I'm from, we say gym shoes. Um, <laughs> we call everything gym shoes. Like if it's like not like if it's not like dress shoes, then they're like gym shoes. Um, but yeah, Nike's. Back in the day, it was Fila's. I'm shout out to Fila's still. Shout out to Fila's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember bats. being very proud of a pair of Ewings I had when Ooh, I was a kid. Oh, come on! Shout out to Patrick Ewing, <laughs> representing Jamaica. How about this? Basketball or football? I mean, you gotta pick one. Rapid fire. <laughs> okay, well, rapid it's fire. Kind of, it's kind Answer. of it's kind of fucked the NFL basketball, right now. Football. So I guess it's basketball. Okay. White bread or whole wheat bread? Whole wheat. Peanut butter or jelly? Peanut butter. Butter or margarine? Butter. Need I'm Vegetable need oil or olive oil? Olive oil. Garlic powder or real garlic? <laughs> real garlic. I mean, no shame, but like no shout, shout out to people who use garlic powder, but real garlic. That's me. That's me. Yeah. And, and me too. I love I'm, garlic powder. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Akila, for honoring my rapid-fire question session. My pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Taryn. Shout out to Tom. Shout out to Taryn. Shout out to recording into the all hours of the night. Yes. Good Lord. It's 10.30. Ooh-wee. All right, yeah. most professional outro i've ever recorded in the short but loving history of blue cheese 
for blue cheese because i could talk to lakila for hours i'll probably talk more offline maybe we'll record some outtakes <laughs> tom big up yes props big up to, to this podcast is brought to you lovingly by mpr montez press say what's up tom loud what's up yeah thank you to yes. taryn collymore who is here and being our live eyes and ears and editing co-production yes. extraordinaire thank you taryn. taryn what's up yes shout out to lakila brown thank you thanks for thank having you me. so much for being here i feel like we need to have a blue cheese after hours podcast where Ooh. we talk about why one of the reasons i really this is not to get sultry not like r kelly after mm. hours that's what my mind immediately no it's just to. demon time just demon time and also <laughs> really wanting to nerd out on dilla or mm. nerd out on oh. things that are I know we have in common, which we Mm -hmm. will do, guys. We will Mm -hmm. follow Blue Cheese. We will do that eventually. Tom is here. Taryn is here. Lakila is here. And me, Ebony L. Haynes. Thanks to NPR, all my guests, my co-producer, editor, support. Love y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Made it kind of obvious for the entire world to find the fun of better yet we kind of clever. Get the level set check.